1: This is the John Oakley Show podcast.
0: And how are you doing out there? I'm Arlene Vinen for John Oakley and we've got our fingers on the pulse of the snowstorm. And as you just heard in the news, it's looking a little better, but the traffic conditions could be getting worse as the weather changes. And we've been talking to you out in the roads and it seems that depending on where you are, it is either good or not so good. So everybody stay safe. I know I, I walked here from, I took the subway, which I never do, and I took the subway, and then I walked. And I have to say, for the last 200, 300 yards, I felt like it was in one of those commercials or one of those movies out in the Arctic, and where you you put your hand out instinctively to try to block the wind, and there was a little kind of hurricane-force wind happening here. I began the show saying, it's windy by the lake, and I stand by it in hour two. We are going to get a little bit of a deep dive on a story that has stayed in the headlines uh, since last week. The Ontario government announced it was revamping autism services to try to get rid of this waiting list with 23,000 names, on it and the way they're going to do it has not been received by some of the families who have autistic children in a positive way. Some are saying, look, you know, here's a chance for me to get funding, but others are saying any change in these programming could be a problem. We're going to get more information on it right now. Megan Garvey is with us live, instructor therapist and contract group facilitate facilitator with Queen's University. Megan Garvey, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Hi, how are you doing today? I am trying to stay dry, and I'm here, so I'm happy I'm happy to be talking to you on the radio, Megan. Megan, how much of a, a chaotic move is this? this is this a good move or a chaotic move?
1: Oh, an absolutely chaotic move. Um, I don't think it's been thoroughly thought through by the government, what they're implementing. Um, I think they took an easy route out for themselves and didn't um, Mm -hmm. consult any professionals, not many families. Um, They don't really understand the backlash and the ripple effect this is going to have with the school systems and the communities that these families live in.
0: What kind of things do you think are going to happen when we talk about the kind of disruption it's going to be?
1: Well, I know the government's already done a lot of mental health cut funding in the school system. Um, so they're already underfunded and overcrowded with their student caps being removed. So um, taking 8,800 children plus who um, have these high needs and putting them back into the school systems um, that aren't ready for them and don't have the supports available um, is going to be detrimental to everyone involved, um, teachers, students, neurotypical students, children with disabilities, everyone. Now,
0: you provide behavioral intervention in autistic children, so you're seeing it firsthand. What you're doing now, how much does it help?
1: Oh my goodness! I can't speak enough to how much it's going a difference in these kids' lives. Um, I am, and what's frustrating to me too is um, the funding um, age cuts. Because I'm working with a lot of kids. To be honest with you, above five. Um, very few of the children I work with are below five. And seeing the strides they're making and leaps and bounds, and in even a short amount of time, um, it's astronomical. So thinking they're going to get these supports removed and the the regression and regression that's going to happen in the school system without the supports is it's 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 heartbreaking to think about. How
0: are parents reacting? Would you say there was a panic, a fear, a concern?
1: How would you put it? Everything, everything. And honestly, it's parents um, on the wait list and parents off the wait list. Everyone is concerned. There was a hope um, on the wait list that you would get enough funding eventually to cover these services. And the funding that's being um, given out to families across the board isn't enough to get enough funding for this intensive high-intensity intervention that's necessary for them to make these bits and they're making, Um they're going to get enough to maybe get an hour or two a week for a year or two tops, and high-intensity therapy is two-plus years, upwards of 20 to 30 hours a week. So. Um, I'm not even saying necessarily mm-hmm. to give that out because I know it's not feasible. But I think we really need to look at what we're doing with the funds we have because I don't think what we're doing is feasible and I think there's other viable options we could be talking about.
0: You know, anyone who knows anybody with autistic children, one of the things that it certainly seems just observing it is the earlier and the longer the, the help and the intervention, then the better the outcome. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. I, I'm not saying that earlier intervention isn't better. It absolutely mm-hmm. is better. Um, however, there's a lot of studies, um, well, there's not a lot of studies, that's the thing, actually. There's very few studies, controlled studies, on children over the age of seven receiving IBI intensive therapy. So it's quite a, a jump to just conclude that children over seven and five aren't going to make these huge loops and strides because there's very little research on it right now to prove that they're not. So and based off of my experience, I've seen these loops and strides. So I think... It's hard for them to just say it's not going to happen when I'm personally working with them and have been for the past couple of years and have seen kids of this age and making leaps in and, and their developmental skills and their social skills and, and everything.
0: You know, as you talk about all, all the all that movement, and, and if it's not there, it's going to be thrown into other areas, is it, is it, Megan? I mean, if these people are falling through the cracks, then they're not going to be able to function in a school system or other things.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. And uh, I sort of see it as a short-term solution for the government and creating Mm long-term problems um, in the sense that, yes, all these children have the possibility of functioning independently in life and supporting themselves, and that's being stripped away from them, and none of them really have a hope of that now. So I foresee a lot of these children, 30,000 plus, and it hasn't been cured. Kids are continually being diagnosed on a daily basis. This number is going to keep increasing. Um, So in the future, we're talking... Potentially hundreds of thousands of people who are completely not independent and, um, like, them, oh, sorry, um, It's like expecting the government to provide for them and support for them. And I don't think we'll have the finances then if we don't have it now. So I feel like we should be investing now. Um, we should spend the money now to prevent ourselves from having to spend it in the future. Are you
0: surprised by this? We knew that they were going to announce something. Did this Did this surprise you on the way it turned out?
1: Um, I watched the news release of Rita McLeod speaking, and it seemed very positive. It seemed mm-hmm. very uplifting. It was confusing, because I, even working in the industry, um, wasn't really sure what she was saying, and I didn't understand what was really going on until hours later, when you really started looking at the paperwork and reading up on it and talking, like, you realized what this meant, and It's a little confusing. I think think not a lot of people even really know um, in the public what this means for them, um, people who aren't in the autism community. And I think it's important for them to know how this is going to impact them and their children as well.
0: All right. Final question to you, Megan Garvey. What are people going to do? I mean, is there hope that some pushback could change this?
1: Um, honestly, I think, yeah, just speaking out, getting the word out there, um, if protesting has to happen, it has to happen. Um, I think the government could definitely push insurance companies to maybe fund some of these services. They could relook really at the way they're giving up the funds they have to provide more to people who need it. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be age-based. It shouldn't be based off of parental income. These are huge mistakes. Um, I'm willing to speak to some people in government. I've been reaching out to MNTPs. haven't heard anything. Everyone seems to be on vacation. So, um, again, I think we need to be talking about this, mm-hmm. the noise going, and see what can happen. We need to push the
0: government. Megan Garvey, thank you for joining us. Take care in the storm. Thank you. Megan Garvey is an instructor, therapist, contract group facilitator at Queen's University, talking about her firsthand experience. We know that there's been a lot of pushback since that announcement last week from the Ford government on autism funding and Megan Garvey telling us that she's on it, hands-on every day and trying to explain there how she thinks this is going to play out. right. Here's what we've got. We've got our panel up next. So what do you think we're going to talk about? We're going to bring in the latest on the storm and how people are handling it. And that um, one of the things I can tell you right now is that if if it gets worse overnight, they are planning on making it a much better commute. Here's the word. I'm just, it's not me. It's the city of Toronto. They said they will probably, and I wrote that word <laughs> probably down as the news conference was happening, they're going probably going. To have the roads uh, ready to go. But we know what it's like here in the city. Yesterday I had a laugh talking about people who. And the side streets and how I'm trying to park my car sometimes, and you've probably done it as well. You have no place to park, and you say, I'm going up that mountain. I'm going up that permafrost. I think it can handle As long as it's smooth, it doesn't look like it's going to wreck anything under the car. I take that. I take that hill. On the other hand, look at all the slush that we've got here. And when it freezes, we're going to have a completely different Layer of permafrost. All right, and heads up. Next hour, the prime minister is going to be offering some words at a news conference and giving us his comments after today's blockbuster news that the former attorney general and justice minister Jody Wilson-Raybould resigning from the cabinet. Resigning. So um, certainly, she hasn't made one single move so far to make it look like this is a okay, all okay. for our Liberal Prime Minister and the PMO. Up next, we've got our panel. Let's see what they have to say. And stay dry, stay safe.
1: Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.